if you're going to put all sorts of values and you're going to, you know, talk about things in ads, when people walk in the door, it needs to be real. They need to see it when they walk in the door or else it's just words. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Whisker Talks, the veterinary marketing podcast from Whisker Cloud. I am the CEO and founder of Whisker Cloud, Adam Greenbaum. Today, I have Sandra Byron with me. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Hi, Adam. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you here. I've worked with you and known you for a couple of years, and, and, and you're like the perfect person to come on here because, you know, it's 2022 now, and, and anyone who listens to the podcast knows I we just for everyone out there is listening. We haven't recorded in maybe four to six weeks. And the, the big joke I always make is you're never supposed to date the podcasts when you record <laughs> them in case because you don't know when it's going to go out. And like we just had, like, went out and I was talking about like stuff that happened way before. So anyway, wow. the first thing I just did is date this podcast thing is 2022 now, but we're back. We're excited. The, the yes. podcast is going to be awesome this year. I'm so happy you're here before we jump in. Everyone knows I love Marvel. That has just intensified through COVID because at this point, my life just gets better when there's new content, new movies. I haven't recorded. Uh, the Spider-Man movie came out. That was amazing. That was like my <gasps> entire life, you know, <laughs> 25 years of my life, you know, and I got to see all of that on one screen. I won't give any spoilers, although at this point. Well, so thank you. Everyone well, knows I, I love Marvel. So what is your veterinary origin story? How did you, you know, I always say like, did the atomic bomb hit you, you turn into the Hulk, <laughs> the spider bite your hand, you turn into spider woman. So like, how did you become into vet, vet, veterinary medicine? Well, um, Adam, I worked in technical industries. So I was in California in Silicon Valley, worked in semiconductors and the networking companies uh, like Cisco Systems, and then finally moved into e-commerce and then um, we moved to Tucson. And when I got to Tucson, I've never had trouble finding jobs, finding roles. I came to Tucson, Arizona, and suddenly it was like my job role didn't exist here. None of the industries I worked with really existed here. So I was burned out from tech and I was looking around going, you know, I, I want something less corporate-y. I want to do something different. And I started using um, my free time to study social media, digital marketing. That was about 11 years ago. And I went to work for a veterinary website and digital marketing agency. And I found I love the vet med field. So it, it you know, and weirdly enough, um, yesterday was my birthday and I went to a birthday party last night and the woman who hosted the party, she was the woman I had met by chance and who, who was the COO of the agency. And she and I are still very good friends. I love it. That's great. And now here you are in veterinary medicine. Here I am. Well, so you're like me, we're all these tech people who find yes. our way to veterinary medicine in a, in a, in a industry that even now in 2022 does not fully understand what we do. And sometimes even the value we bring, do you feel that? Like, do you feel like, cause oh, you consult absolutely. with practices across the country, like, do they just not understand the value you bring? Oh, absolutely. It is. I mean, some of them do, thank God. Uh, but there's still so many practices where it's just sort of a side thing. It's like, oh yeah, we're no, we know we're supposed to do something marketing wise, but you know, we don't really get it. They don't really get the value. Uh, so it takes some time. I have to ease them into Google ads. I have to ease them into some of the different services. Um, so that they, you know, and then show them the value before they, the light bulb goes on. It's funny too. And I feel like you and I have had this discussion in the past. It's always interesting when, when you have to like show value on like, Hey, I'm going to run Google ads for you. You're going to pay me to run these Google ads for you. And, and I get the question a lot. That's like, wait, so I pay your team to manage the ads and then I have to pay Google for the ads. And, and I'm always <laughs> yeah. shocked at that question. It's like, you know, I, I just, it's always funny to me. My dogs just had dentals a week ago and 
it's like, could you imagine if I went to our veterinary hospital and said, so hold on, just to be clear, I'm paying you to do the <laughs> dentals. I'm also paying for the anesthesia. Like I'm also paying for the medicine. <laughs> like yes. it'd be so outlandish to think that way. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you yes. know, I actually have to pay for your time to do the dentals, not just the actual act of the dental work itself. It's like, you know, it is really funny, but yeah. yeah. And, and that and, just goes to show you it's, it's, you know, there's like this gap in understanding that your time is valuable as well. Exactly. In fact, I've done this for a couple of clients where the first few months with Google ads, I would price myself, my part of this fees very, very low. Because I said, it's so important for me that you try this, that you do this, you see the value, for example, you know, I am going to charge almost nothing for my time so that you can see. And by the time you see this, then I'll, you know, add in my usual fee. So. Well, and you know, and you work with us, we do the same. We, we yeah. do the first month free on that stuff because even when we're building the sites and doing all those things, because there is a transitionary period, yes. there's a period of launching a new site and getting an index with Google or launching new ads and optimizing them and getting data. Right. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's always just so interesting. Anything, any, any, anytime things come back to like having that discussion of like the value of digital goods, which is just so interesting because, you know, I'm, I shouldn't be dating this but I'm dating it and I'm going to make sure this episode goes out soon just so I don't screw this up. But the Super Bowl is in two days. It is Friday, right. February 11th. The Super Bowl is in two days. Now, I had the privilege years ago of being a marketing analyst at LasVegas.com with the LVCVA in, in the city mm -hmm. of Las Vegas. And we did a Super Bowl ad. And it's millions of dollars just for the ad space. And, it, oh, and it's course. so funny because it kind of it goes back to like the same thing. So we have to pay people to make the ad. We have to pay for the ad space. We have to pay for distribution. So the thing is, it's like when Doritos does a funny commercial or Budweiser does a commercial and has a bunch of horses, there's not like a call to action on the ad where people are clicking and they're tracking it back. Yeah. But Budweiser understands how much their weekly sales are across the world in the in the US and they say, "Okay, we just spent 20 million dollars on this ad. What did our, you know, what went up this week? How did it go?" And and that's how yeah. it works. So, you know, the thing I always tell people with the advertising and the budgets, it's it's not, you know, Doritos isn't like, hey, we're just going to go light 20 million on fire to do three commercials in the Super Bowl. It's just not like that. No, it's it's brand yeah. awareness. It's marketing. These are big exactly. companies. And brand awareness, you know, a lot of times clients don't understand that brand awareness is not just, hey, here's my logo. Here's my tagline in the colors <laughs> that, you know, my logo is. And, and here's a button that you click. And because, I mean, with veterinary services, your pet may not need to go to the vet today. You know, it may not, you know, you may be seeing someone else. You may not even have a pet yet. The whole idea is that you're creating a brand, uh, a culture, um, a community awareness. And so that when they need to take their pet to the vet or when they need services like yours or when they get a new pet, adopt a new pet, you're what they think of. You're like, oh, that place looks awesome. I want to go there. So it's really interesting you said that. And I'm and I'm pretty honest about like my dealings with veterinarians on on this podcast. And and honestly since the last time recorded, I've switched veterinary hospitals. And and I'll tell you what's interesting about it. I one of our customers who I love was our vet. We just moved. We're just a little too far. And and it's just mm -hmm. with with logistics with COVID and and like our schedule at home, we just moved too far and we had to leave. And it was really heartbreaking because I'm just such a huge fan. So we we went to another clinic that I've talked about on this podcast. And I got to say, we chose them because they're near the house. We chose them mm -hmm. because they're AHA and, and they have a beautiful clinic where like a lot of the clinics in Southern California are very like, you know, they're in kind of a strip mall, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But, you know, this one had some space to it. It had some design right. to it. And I will tell everyone I will not name them because I respect them and, and they're good people. My four visits to them were the four of the worst visits I've ever wow. had going to a vet ever. And they're really good people. They... Yeah had not figured out the curbside stuff. They had not figured out how to handle people. Um, there was a couple like really bad situations that happened there. And, and again, you know, I, I, I know what vets go through. 
I didn't yell. I didn't freak out. No. We didn't go leave bad reviews. There was one, right. honestly, like, I don't want to make it over dramatic. We, we had an appointment one day. I left work to go be there. You know, they left me sitting in the car for 50 minutes and then they said, we'll be there in 10 minutes. And 10 minutes went by. I called again. They said, sorry, it's going to be five more minutes. You know, anyway, after like an hour of sitting there, they called me and were like, actually, um, can you come back in on Saturday? We're so sorry. Oh my to do gosh. This. And, oh, it gets worse. So I, you know what? I said, you know what? I understand what you're going through. I work with vets. Fine. I was pretty annoyed, but I did not say a word to them. They never saw mm-hmm. me upset. I left Sandy. I go back Saturday. I'm the only car there. Uh, at like late Saturday afternoon, they're right. like four miles from my house. They said, you can come in with your dogs. They left me sitting there for about 20 to 25 minutes after I'd already texted them and said, I'm here. They made me sit in the car. I come in. So I'm in there sitting in the waiting room. I'm the only person there that I could see for about 25 minutes. They come up to me and said, actually, we're kind of double booked. So can we get you in on Wednesday? And I, oh, I, said, no. hold, I said, hold on. I'm the only person here. My, my car <sighs> is the only car there. She said, yeah, we have someone coming in for a surgery. The doctor was at lunch. She didn't realize she was supposed to be seeing you. So now we're not going to have time oh to see gosh. you because she's got to get ready for the surgery. So I, I literally, they said, do you want to, you know, do you want to reschedule? And I said, actually I don't. And I, you guys are great. I wish you the best of luck. I'm probably going to find another hospital. So, you know, I'll be calling for mm-hmm. the records and I'm sorry this didn't work out, but I said, yeah. And again, I, I was really nice about it, but we left. And, and the funny thing is kind of really long story, getting back to what you were saying. I had been seeing ads for a really nice hospital that was mm-hmm. it's about eight miles from my house, which in Southern California time, eight miles is weird. That's um, a, that's, yeah, that's a long, it's a drive. It's a drive. Yeah. It takes us like maybe 25 minutes to get there, but I had been seeing so many ads and so many like Facebook pictures of their clinic that I called them and it's, it's been such an amazing experience. My dogs mm-hmm. just did, my dogs just did um, dentals there. They were amazing. When I walked in, I hate this, by the way, just so everyone out there knows I'm not like a fame person. I like when people like, wait, I know you. My wife and I were at the dog beach like last year, two Mm -hmm. years ago. And and a guy walks up to me and goes, are you Sophie and Baxter's dad? And I said, yeah, (laughs) he goes, he goes, I follow you on Instagram. I love your dogs. And it like weirded me out for like three weeks. But, but like, so I walk into this new vet hospital and, and they said, um, uh, you know, you're Adam Greenbaum. Are you the guy from Whisker Cloud with the podcast? And I went, Oh God, I said, I really don't want to say yes, but I am. And, and I said, but please don't treat me weird or like, just help my dog. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I want, I want your opinion. I didn't mean to like monopolize the episode, hey. of that, but I, I want your opinion of like, you know, that first hospital, if you're consulting with them, like, do you think they would have even come to you and said like, you know, we had this guy, he has three pets. Like he's clearly willing to spend money. He was talking to us about dentals. You're like, do, do you think internally there was a discussion? You know, did they say like, man, we really bombed. We just lost this good customer. He's a nice guy. I, or do I you bet, think no? No, I bet the answer is no, because it's, they're not self-aware. I mean, part of the problem is the leadership has to be aware that there's a gap between whatever they're projecting about themselves or want to project about themselves and the customer experience. It's it. We have to start thinking more customer centric and, and there's a lot more I could say about that, but I mean, they're just, they're just focused on trying to do their job and manage things. And they're not really looking at things from how it's perceived by the customer. They're just missing it. And I think it's a lack of, self-awareness there. And I bet you they never talked about it. They were like, oh, that's a shame. Sorry. You know, and they just move on and they don't learn from what, what happened. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, cause I, I wondered that I said, this is a, uh, you know, I, their website wasn't great, which you, which honestly breaks my rule. I typically try not yeah. to work with practices that just don't have a good digital presence. Not a good they social presence. Away. Yeah, they were close. They were aha. They had like a little attached dog yeah. park to the clinic. And I was kind of sold on just like a lot of that stuff. And my dogs are, you know, 11, and nine, about to be 12 and 10. And I said, well, you know, if you're going to do dentals and there's going to be anesthesia and there's going to be little things you want to, you want to have an aha practice. And, but right. yeah, does that even, does aha matter if, if you can't think, and by the right. way, like 
those situations are the things that would like I would have at Whisker Cloud because we we have like records of every email, every call, like everything goes into our system. So if anyone ever literally if anyone ever says anything that they're upset about this or that, there are so many notes and records like there's almost a stupid amount to where I we would know. Um, but like, yeah. I just wonder, like, do they do they even say like, man, you know, he he came in once. It was great. I did request, I said, I'd like to do dentals as soon as possible. Um, we, we had planned to do them in January cause they were booked in December. Um, and it's like, okay, good. We're going to do dentals. We're going to get all this done. And then it's like, uh, yeah. Did they even think to themselves? Wow. I just, that was a lot of money out the door. And, and, you know, this is a guy who had asked us about doing annual dentals for his dogs and wanting to do all this stuff. So yeah, I was just curious your thoughts on that situation because it was just like, I, I, I was telling my wife, I'm like, I can't believe all that just happened. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I'm going to use an example. Um, one of the clients I work with, they're, they're big, they've got the hospital, they've got a rehab center, they have a huge pet center with all the pet services. So they have like a whole complex. And they do awesome medicine. Uh, but all of a sudden, I noticed um, about four or five months ago, Suddenly, we were getting a lot of negative reviews on the pet services, and it was always about the like rudeness from the front desk staff or incompetence from the front desk staff. And um, when I would talk to the practice manager, who's very sharp, very capable, she kept saying, I went and talked to the staff. They said he was a really real jerk. You know, this person just you know had no patience or this or that. And I finally had to talk with her. And I said, this is a pattern. This is not... This is not just one-off things. I said, I feel like they're not, you know, they're just passing everything off as it being the customer's issue. And I said, I really feel like there's a problem there and it's a pattern. And I think you need to deal with it at a different level than just letting them say, oh, it was the customer. And so she did. She went and, and we haven't had any more problems since then. So um, sometimes it is easy to just write it off as a bad customer and then you don't have to change anything. You don't have to do anything. And I see too often it's easy to just go that route. It's a you know what's funny? bad customer. It's, yeah. Well, it's interesting that you just said that we just had a discussion about that because at whisker cloud, listen, we, we work with thousands and thousands of people and you know i've i've owned the company yeah. for well, yeah we're going on we're going on six and a half years now and uh and guess what you can't please 100 percent of customers oh all no the time. of course and, and and vet hospitals need to do that it was, it's really i love that you just said that because i had a meeting with our onboarding and success team yesterday and i talked to our director of development today about that and i and i'm always asking Right now, what percentage of support tickets we get in are, I always ask two questions. What, what percentage of support tickets are like happy and nice? And what percentage are the, the other side? Just like people mm -hmm. are unhappy and grumpy. And then I always ask, anytime anything comes up, I ask, I literally write in Slack or if we're on the phone, I always say, is this on us or is this on them? Right. Whose fault is it? And I always say, like, if it's our fault, we need to take ownership and fix it. If it's and I, when I say it's their fault, we're not like sitting here blaming the customer. But like, you know, and like a good example of this is like someone's like, why isn't my site launched? Well, OK, we see that you signed on December 1st and we see that you filled out your survey, you know, take, for us to get started December 7th. And you didn't upload any photos for us to use. And you didn't you know, you you right. asked for a week to pick the colors. And all of a sudden, three weeks went by and you haven't really given us the information you need. When in reality, this sounds mean for me to say, but most people sign up with us, send us some photos, tell us what they need in like the first three or four days. And we and we mm -hmm. rock it and we get their site up and it looks yeah, great. And then there's people. Do. Yeah. And then there's people that you know, really take their time or go back and forth on the logo and do those things. And they don't understand that we really do need that input from them to do it. So I always say like, is this on us or is this on them? What does the timeline tell us? So I think for, you know, for veterinary medicine, I just feel like taking ownership of it. I always tell everyone yeah. on this team, you're not losing your job. If, if, if something went wrong, shit happens sure. every day, but <laughs> how are you fixing it really fast? Well, and I will say your your company, Whisker Cloud, does an awesome job of that. Of that, I've worked with a lot of different web, you know, vet web companies, and your support team—they're awesome. And I send stuff to them quite a bit for different clients. And you know, every now and then, I mean, I have to say, 
they do such a good job. Usually there's no problem whatsoever. But if there is a problem, if they, you know, recently I had them publish two blog posts for me and they didn't notice the photos that were attached to the the email request and they put up some other generic photo, you know, but I mean, anytime there's anything wrong, they're always gracious. They always fix it really fast. And I, you know, it's, Sometimes I admit I send them something to do and I don't rush to take a look at it because I expect that it's going to be right because they do it right all the time. But I have to say, you guys are great. They're, they're always very gracious. They apologize. They fix it right away. You, you know, you can tell that that culture of, of what you're talking about comes from you and, kind of, you know, saturates through your company. I appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, you know what the funny thing, and I'm and I'm glad you said that. We get we get about 200 to 250 emails a day. And 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 I've we've had this conversation. We do a lot of studies on them. Um and it's something that I'm actually obsessed with. I always ask like we always need, we need like three things. Like what do you need? You know, are you sending us something or are we building it? And then like what's the timeline for it? And we kind of go through those things and and I'll be honest, like probably 90% of email support tickets we get are missing one of those three things. Um, and it's just, that's, that's fine. Like everyone's busy. That's part of life, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And I always, and I always think like, how do vet hospitals do this? Cause we have this conversation and I always ask our team, what do you think they do at the vet hospital? So we'll get someone who will email us and say, Hey, you know, we want to, we want to change all of our team photos. And we'll say, great. Did you take new photos? And they're like, we did not. So what do you need from us? It's like, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we could use some photos um, or, you know, or someone says like, this is like a really common one that happened recently because we're in February and it was, um, can you please put something about a dental health, uh, dental health month special on our website? Mm-hmm. Thanks. And, and sometimes we'll get added to when we're like, awesome, we're happy to do that. We can build a landing page. We can do this, this, and this, you know, a, can you tell us when is, when is this running? What is the special you're offering? who's eligible, you know, we want to put some of those things up to make sure you have a compliant site. So, and they'll write back like whatever you think is best. And it's like, no, that's insane. We can't do that ever. We cannot do that. No. No. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's just interesting that we have some of those things, but I always wonder, like if I went to the vet and I said, here's Baxter, um, I don't think he's feeling good. And they're like, cool. What do you need? I'm like, "Mm, just check him out for everything, everything on earth. I mean, I should be able to tell you, is he eating properly? Is he drinking properly? Is he going to the bathroom? Is he lethargic? Is he coughing or sneezing? I mean, the same way that vet hospitals want to know those things. So yeah, it's, uh, I, I love the, where this conversation is going. Cause you and I both work with like so many different yes. vet hospitals in so many different places that it's just so important to, um, you know, I, I always just try to remember like everyone's different in different places. And I just imagine that the the customers they're dealing with every day is just so worse. So we always want to just cut everyone slack because it's like, we oh, know absolutely. being on the front lines is a nightmare. Yes. And I have to say, sometimes I have to be careful not to cut them too much slack because, you know, I so sympathize with them, but at the same time, they're paying me to help them with their marketing. And, you know, I have a client who's, dreadfully overdue for having her website done. She already had a website when she hired me. She has been talking about getting a new website for ages. I even had her talk to Whisker Cloud. Um, I thought, great, we're getting this started. Afterwards, she's like, you know, I really like this company, but I didn't like the design they showed me. And I'm like, there's lots of designs. And if you just show them something you like, you know, they yeah. can do that. It's not like a template or something, you know, they they will design what you like. Uh, but, you know, so sometimes I have to poke a little bit. Uh, you know, I have to ask sharp questions. I have to help them think through. But, you know, like I have a client, she said, you know, I want to recruit some new vets. And I'm like, great. You know, and she was like, How do I do that? So, you know, that's where we walked through. Okay. I said, let me research what the the young vets are looking for. Let me go find that out. So I researched that. I come back to her. I said, here's what they're looking for. She was like, oh, great. We do almost everything on this list. And I said, so we need to get the message out and putting out an ad on LinkedIn. You know, that's not going to cut it. We really need to do something different. So then I said, are you willing to create a video? Uh, with 
people from the hospital, you know, are you willing to do that? She was like, yes. I was like, okay. So we got the script, we did that. But of course, just putting a video out isn't enough. We, you know, I said, okay, well, we've, we, let's send out, let's communicate. I mean, let's, who are we going to target? And so she said, well, I'd love to target the vets in my state. Great. So we got a, a list of all the email addresses of all the licensed vets in that state. So then we created an email for that that had the video embedded in it. And in there, you know, it was the title of the email was Love Your Work. And then we talked about how people love the work there and why they love working there and what's so great about it. And then we put, um, so then we had a landing page that had all the benefits of working there from, you know, actual job benefits to just the other, you know, more esoteric benefits <laughs> and had a landing page and it was a whole campaign. And, you know, which, and then of course we did the usual things with social media and all the different stuff, but you know, when she first came to me, it's just kind of like, I want to recruit vets, you know, and I had had another client who said that, but they're like, yeah, we don't really want to spend money. We just want to put an ad, you know, put a post on LinkedIn and do this. And I'm like, well, you realize that won't cut it. <laughs> you know, I'm happy to do that for you, but, you know, don't get your hopes up. Uh, so, you know, I appreciate a client who, even though they came to me with a vague request, you know, they they were able to answer the questions, help me work through what it is that we wanted to do. And then I felt like we did delivered a, a good product. You, you know, what's funny about that. It's like, and again, like I'm such a weirdo, but I always think to myself, like when I hear stories like what you just said, I always think to myself, same deal. It's like it's like if I was to go to the vet and say something along the lines of like, well, you know, I really want to take the absolute best care of, of my dogs, but I don't want yeah. to spend a lot of money. What do you recommend? <laughs> um, and, and it's just, it's just wild that, you know, I, I, I want them to understand that. I mean, I've said this on the podcast before, man, don't ever let me find a way to have ownership in a veterinary practice. Cause anyone within 25 miles isn't going to have a chance. My ads are going to be so hardcore. <laughs> like I will be, I mean, the budget will be $10,000 a month. Cause I know what that would do. And, right. and, and I, and if, and if most vets had and like you and I both understand what veterinary hospitals make, not every, you know, not everyone's a seven figure business, but if you're, right. if you're running things well and you, and you have smart yes. people helping you with the financial sides and have consultants like you and have, you know, companies like us, you can, you can really, you can really crush it. And yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's just so interesting. I, I love your comment too about the woman who uh, talked to us and didn't like the site. I laugh about that because <laughs> it's literally all of our site. It's so I, I've 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 heard that before where she said, and I always tell. In fact, this is my 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 biggest negative about Whisker Cloud as the owner of the company is our biggest strength is our greatest weakness. And and I remember being a Marvel fan. There's a line from. Uh, Captain America Civil War, where it's like our mere strength invites conflict. And it's like with us, it's like the fact that we don't have like pick your skin, pick your template. Right. The fact that we yeah. have we we literally if someone's like wanting to get really nuts with their um, fonts and they don't want to use like a Google web font, which we highly recommend, we will literally mm -hmm. go to Adobe fonts and get them any fonts on Earth. And and like and the problem is that is nuts that we do that. And it is like a buffet with every piece of food on earth right. and, and you'd never be able to pick what you eat. So I constantly am telling our team like, you know, and people ask for the wildest stuff and then we build it. And I'm like, Great, oh that's gosh. just another thing that we don't charge for. It's just another big fancy thing that now if someone asks for it, it takes three days to build that. So yeah, it's, um, it's really fun. And I, I know you guys bend over backwards and I've seen so many different designs, different kinds of designs. And, but you're right. I think it can be overwhelming. It's like, Oh yeah. man, the decision is on me. Uh, you know, as the hospital administrator or the practice manager, I have to choose this. And I think this person was kind of like, I can't deal with it right now. I'm just going to go back. We to hear that a lot. You know, yeah, we I'm comfortable with. just like, exactly. It's all about comfortability. I'm the opposite of that. Like I've uh, the last like, 
20 years of my life have been amazing because I'm literally never comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. and like, and, and I drive, I drive my wife crazy. I'm sure I drive our employees crazy, but like, I'm, I'm like, in fact, we just launched a whole new onboarding process and, and vet hospitals need to do this because we, we look at the way we onboard people when they're launching and we say, how do we, how do we make this fat, faster? How do we make it better? Like, how do we do a better job here? And, and I, I'm curious, like the hospitals you work with, do they sit there and say like, Hey, we're going to actually practice. We've done this a lot recently. Oh, absolutely. We, well, we, I, the bigger they ones. do practice like, but do they practice like, okay, we're going to practice a curbside check-in? Oh yeah. I mean, I will say the my bigger clients, they absolutely do. They've got Love world-class that. hospital administrators. You know, I have the smaller clients, not so much, uh, but the bigger ones, absolutely. Yeah, I, okay. I mean, I'm I like impressed with that. what they do. In fact, one client was telling me um, they were having uh, he he did something where he had uh, people go into the exam rooms and they had them wait for like 15 minutes in the exam room, and then he talked to them and they were talking about how long it feels when they're sitting there for 15 minutes with nobody coming through the door, and you know so they so they talked about how can we not have people sitting there 15 minutes you know because it does feel like a long time like you've been forgotten and you know they work through those things. I am very impressed with some of my clients. Uh, I love I really love to hear that because. I think every business on earth needs to evaluate every, I mean, you oh, yeah. should hear me. I, I mean, I, I, we just, we just brought in a new support manager because you, mm-hmm. you said it, you, you're, you love ours. It's funny. Like I never, I've never gotten bad feedback on our support oh, and yet no, I'm, awesome I'm literally, support. but I'm never, I'm never satisfied with it. And just so everyone knows here, like I will, I will look at like 50 random support tickets every day and I'll leave oh. notes for the people that did them. I'm just like, Hey, this looks amazing. Nice work. Or, yeah. Hey, you know, I would, and, and honestly, like our director of web development does the same, our, you know, our, our support team kind of checks each other on things, but yeah, I've always just wondered like how often to do vet hospitals. And I, and I know because we've put banners on for our sites, but not a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I would say that I'm aware of it's, it's under 5% of hospitals have had us like put up a banner saying they're closed for team training and things like that. Whereas like we do like two team trainings a day, every single day at whisker cloud, because things are changing. Things are tough. People need things faster. I I can tell you two, three years ago, we never got, we got very few emails that were like, I need this ASAP. We get 50 a day and, and and no offense to anyone out there. Less than 3% of them are ever actual emergencies. In fact, being real, most of them are (laughs) this person no longer works there. I need them off our site right now. I need every trace of them ever attached to us removed. We hate them. (laughs) Goodbye. It's like, it's always like, it's like, man, they were just a kennel attendant. They were really mad about this. this? No. Yeah. But it's, it's so Uh, funny. So, um, man, that is, that is so interesting. Well, I want to say, I want to mention one thing that I think one of my clients does that I really like. They have a Slack channel because there's, it's a big hospital. There's a lot of people. They have a Slack channel and, you know, they have different conversation threads there. You know, there's stuff that's uh, more specific to just, you know, there's certain things that are about running the hospital. Sometimes it's just cute pets that came in. Sometimes it's something else. But I love that, you know, I'm seeing how they're talking through ways to improve the hospital. Somebody makes a suggestion or somebody has an issue and it's like, how are we going to, you know, fix this? And I I see the announcements, you know, like we're meeting, you know, this time, this day, you know, because we're going to work through some issues. The doctors have a huge voice at the hospital. You know, they're able to really, you know, they're um, they're very invested in making things you know, they love to work there. So I love that, that Slack channel because it keeps everybody communicating and everybody sees these discussions about little ways to make things better. And then I see that they're having offline discussions um, about ways to improve things. And I love seeing that. Yeah, I would I, recommend I, a Slack channel for other hospitals. I literally tell every hospital have Slack. Um, And I remember talking to Debbie Boone about it. Debbie Boone has put Slack into a lot of hospitals and it's like, and it's just been great for them. And we use Slack here. Oh my God. It's so great. I mean, I could be sitting there talking to Lauren. I'd be like, do you remember we were, we had this idea three years ago and I'll kind of just search and it shows me every message between her and I for three years. Right. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think using more technology in the clinic is just, it's so important. Yes. And I think that is, I think it all contributes to the, the customer experience, the client experience. I mean, I think it's all part of it. It's, um, you know, there's what the client sees when they walk in the door. And I'm a big one about preaching, you know, if you're going to put all sorts of values and you're going to, you know, talk about things and ads, when people walk in the door, it needs to be real. They need to see it when they walk in the door or else it's just words. And they're going to get the, the gap between expectation and actual is going to be so big, you know, it, they, they may not come back. So I'm a big believer in that it needs, you know, you need to walk the walk. Uh, and I feel like things like Slack and those offline discussions and thinking through technology and not technology for technology's sake, but, you know, there's a lot of things out there now that would allow us to improve the client experience. You know, what do they want from this vet experience? And I, you know, I hear a lot of times from smaller clients, they'll be like, well, we want them to call us. I'm like, they don't want to call you. So that, you know, some of them will call you, but they also want to communicate with you in other ways. What are the other options? You know, and that kind of thing, you know, just thinking through what does the client want? And a lot of times they kind of forget because they're on the inside, they forget what it looks like and feels like from the outside. Yeah, I, I I like that too. And it's and again, like I like just having ownership. If someone's unhappy, I just want to get on the phone and get it over with. You know, if someone's even uh, if they're like frantically freaking out, I just want to mm-hmm. say, hop on the phone with me right now. I don't care. Like I'm I'm very much that's why I love the Hulk. It's because yeah. I actively avoid conflict at all costs. But when when it presents itself and it's in my mm-hmm. face, I'm like ready to rock every time. Um, and, and, and I'm going to say something that I say internally that always sounds, I think if, if, if our customers heard me say it, I I don't think it would be received well. So I'm going to, I'm going to say it now from my voice. So everyone can hear Mm -hmm. it. Anytime a customer's really mad and like someone in our side gets shaken, I always say to them, what are you freaking out about? This is a veterinarian in, and then I say insert city there. And when I say that, it's not like, Oh, they're a veterinarian. I say like, this is a practice manager in Rochester, New York. It's like, I'm not saying it to demean who they are, but the point is like, this isn't like the president of the United States. This isn't a politician. This isn't like a cop at your door. This is someone who spends their days caring for animals. They are not this big, scary monster that you should be freaking out about all the time. It's not a celebrity, which who would care either way. But like the point is, I always say that when someone's like, yeah, you know, so-and-so was kind of rough to me on a call or so-and-so was late for our call and was in a really bad mood. I'm just like, they're a veterinarian. They're busy. Mm -hmm. They they chose to work with animals. They don't want to work with humans. Don't don't take it so personally. This you know the same way at their clinics. They just want to help the animals and get through their day. So it's really interesting. Yeah, I you know I see that. I mean, you know they're on the front lines, and I realize that. So you know I'm sitting here in my office. I am working on things, and I am not having to deal with all the stuff that they're dealing with. And I would say, I love that. One of the things I love about uh, my clients, most of them, if a negative review comes in, they get on the phone and they talk to the person. They're not afraid. They're not, you know, freaked out. They get on the phone. They have a conversation. They can't always fix it. Sometimes the person doesn't want to talk about it, but you would be surprised how many negative reviews get taken down because the hospital administrator picks up the phone has a conversation with them and things are good. Yeah. I, uh, I can't tell you how many people we get. I mean, obviously we do reputation management. We're and I mean, to be honest, I have a 30 inch vertical monitor on my desk and I keep our support side open at all times. So I can see like what's going on in the day. And even right now I see multiple messages that our team has sent out to hospitals Mm -hmm. about negative reviews and like, Hey, we saw this come in. This is our recommendation. This is what it looks like they're talking about, you know, and, and we, and and we send that to them and we probably send out about a hundred of those a day, sadly, which sucks. Um, but we send out quite a few of those and it's just like in the hospitals that have the highest ratings are always the ones who her just willing to get on the phone and just smooth mm-hmm. it over. And like, you yeah. know, you know, if a customer is upset, it's like the same thing here, and, you know, and then I'll ask our team, is this on us or is this on them? 
You know, and someone might say, well, you know, we told them we'd have this done by Monday. We got it to him Tuesday morning or, you know, we maybe didn't interpret this well. And it's like, okay, get on the phone and I want you to explain to them how it was misinterpreted and walk through it. It's this isn't this is fine. And and like all I want, you know, and I say this to my team, all I want you to do next time is if you don't feel a thousand percent of what they asked of you, go back and ask them what's the worst that could happen. And by the way, we do. And sometimes they're like, how can you not understand that? That's OK. Let them mm-hmm. say that. It doesn't matter. Yeah. As I would tell everyone, they're uh, they're a vet in Miami. It's fine. Let them let them say that yes. to you. You you should go home and live your life. They don't know you personally. Don't worry about it. So. Yeah. But I mean, you would, you would said that in your, you know, in your, you know, sort of the questionnaire before this, just talking about the intense pressure that's being put on people in the front lines and vet med, like, how do you think, where do you think that goes from here? Because I hate to like, I I recently was published an article talking about how I believe robots are going to take a lot of human jobs. And I, and I, and I believe that unfortunately for humans, I, I believe that's coming sooner than we think my family, my parents are in retail and and I know that I know that like my parents used to own uh, retail businesses. Those businesses are gone. Why are they gone? Because of the internet, because they didn't have the internet. They were in Las Vegas in resorts. And at some point you can't sell expensive clothes at resorts when Nordstrom.com and Amazon.com have the same exact things, 30% cheaper that, you know, automations and robots and e-commerce completely ruined my parents' livelihood. And, and, and I think like fast food work and I think in, like banks, oh, yeah, I, I think robots coming. are coming. Yeah, they're coming. Well, and it's like, you, know, go, you go to the bank by my house. There used to be, it's literally, since I bought my house a couple of years ago, there used to be five teller stations. Four of the five have been replaced by self-service kiosks. There's one lonely yes. like teller booth. And I'm sure if you're, if <laughs> yeah. that's your job, you're probably like, okay. So, you know, it's like, there's all this, there's all of this pressure at the hospital. Like, where does it go? Is it, is it just like a, Hey, you didn't like how people were dealing with it. Now you're going to pull up, you're going to get a text. You're going to text us with thing and, and it's all going to be automated or I don't know. Cause I see there's a lot of toxic stuff. Like where do you see the day to day and sort of the dealing with customers? Where's that heading? Oh, good question. That really wasn't sort of part of what I had thought about, but I, you know, I do feel like it has to be integrated. So the experience has to be, it still needs to be personal, but everything needs to be integrated so that it's not choppy. It's not people don't understand what's going on. Because I understand right now, a lot of times the issues are where things fall between the fall in between the gaps, you know, so you've got to have technology, but it is and it's got to be more seamless so that there's a good experience there. But there still needs to be a personal aspect to it because I don't want to go to the to the vet hospital and not see a person, not see a vet tech or a veterinarian. I don't want to lose that aspect of that relationship because with, especially with the human animal bond now, you know, I want to, I, I really love my pet. So I want to be able to go to the hospital and see a vet, see a vet tech loving on my pet, see the pet happy at the hospital. So yeah, it's not going to, I don't think it's going to become all automated and all robotic, but there's got to be, you know, I think there's still so many hospitals out there who haven't even taken the next step to really <laughs> think through what technology might help uh, their practice, you know, because it's just kind of like, this is what we do. And with COVID, it has pushed some hospitals out of their comfort zone, out of the rut they were in, and they've had to adapt. I don't want to see, you know, as as life gets back to normal somewhat, hopefully, I don't want to see hospitals fall back into this is the way we do things and this is the way we've always done things. I hope that now that they've had to adjust, they will think, okay, so what's the next step forward, not falling back? Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And it's it's so funny to me how many clinics like still don't have a nice website, still don't have digital forms. Right. Um, I had to, so after, it was great. I mean, this is why I like this new clinic. I go there, I do blood work on both dogs. I spent a lot of money mm-hmm. and they're senior pets. I do senior blood mm-hmm. work. They say to me, Sophie, who's going to be 12, has 
slightly high levels on, in pancreas and liver. We want you to go get uh, an ultrasound on her. Mm-hmm. And 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 they ran the test for pancreatitis. Luckily, everything came back clean. So, you know, Good. they send me to an emergency clinic. They like that was right by my house. They're like, we see you live here. This one's close to you. like they did the work to find something near me, which I was like, that was kind of a nice little yes. touch. I like that. So I went to this emergency clinic. Oh, my God. It was like in the back of an industrial park. There was like no windows in and there was like no lights Ooh. back there. And I went at like 7 p.m. It was like a prison. So I'm, I start oh. walking up to the I start walking up to the front door and a guy like runs out the door and he's like, read the sign. Wait in your car. It's curbside. I was like. I was like, dude, <laughs> it is dark. There are no lights yeah. here. There is nothing. He goes, you're supposed to call us and text us with what spot you're in. I said, there is literally no numbered spots here. He says, hold on, yeah. please go wait in your car. So I get in my car and this guy runs out with a sign and like puts it in front of my car that said spot number <laughs> one. I'm like, okay. It was like, it was like, it didn't even seem real. And then, you know, I send, I send Sophie in and you know, this dog is like my life. So I send yes. her in. And they just come out, fill this out and like walked away. And it's like 10 pages of hand, you know, paper stuff. And then I'm, so I'm sitting back there in my car. It's dark. I did not hear another word for 45 minutes. And I'm like on the phone with my wife. I'm like, should I go knock on the door? Like I'm very freaked out right now. And then like not long after that, I ended up hearing back. And, but I, I, you know, I just, I, I go home and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I was looking, I'm like, there's not a lot of other emergency clinics near us. They're only open like middle of the night. And I just thought, does the owner of this particular hospital, and I know it's privately owned, like, do they even understand mm-hmm. like the vibe right. that's being put out there? Or did exactly. they even now it wasn't even just like the guy, like, Hey, get in your car. It was like, dude, it's pitch black back here. It is yeah, nighttime. I mean- and I don't, I can't read the sign on the door without walking up to the door. Right. Exactly. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've had to get to the door or even I've gone to try to pick up something somewhere and it's, it's not at all clear what you're supposed to do, you know, and I think that, you know, the people who are running and the hospital making decisions, somebody needs to live the experience from the outside and, you know, kind of just flush away the part that's like, oh, this is what we do and this is how we do it. They really need to be the customer and see what it feels like from the other side. I I guarantee you there would be vast improvements in a lot of the hospitals. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna end the recording with one question. Like, let's okay. say you had the ear of every veterinary practice owner right now and they could all hear you. What would be like your 30 second pitch them? Like what should they do? It's February 2022. What do they have to do to start adapting for the next stage of veterinary medicine? Oh, wow. Um, Dave, you know, it can vary by hospital, but they need to be able to communicate with clients in other ways. They need somebody monitoring Google messages. They need to be texting, being able to do stuff via text. They need to be think I mean I think they need to have a brand and be very clear about who they are and what they do and why they do what they do they need to be communicating that to the world they need to be doing marketing I would say especially Google ads but they too often they do marketing but they're not clear what they're doing and why they're doing it and what they expect from it and that feedback loop coming into what they're doing um, and thinking through the customer experience and how they can, uh, you know, just from the minute they walk in the door, and, you know, maybe it's, um, you know, if the if the people at the front desk are busy on the phones, maybe it's a keypad that they, I mean, maybe it's some kind of pad that they check in with. Whatever it is that works for them, they need to be thinking through how, you know, uh, I have a client that they just remodeled and expanded, and they put a lot of they not only have, you know, separate entrances for dogs and cats, but they have exam rooms that, uh, you know, you can, they have quite a few that you can get in directly from the parking lot. So if, you know, somebody's, you've got a very reactive dog, if you've got someone who's coming in for hospice, you know, who's coming in for euthanasia, all these things, you know, they're thinking through how can we give our clients the best possible experience. It's not just technology. It's everything from what happens in the parking lot to paying for the services and walking out the door. It, 
it it all needs to be thought about. I, I love all of that. And yeah, I mean, I think what you just said is so true. And that's something that we say to a lot of people. It's like, you know, a lot of people say to us, well, hey, I have the website, like what's next? And, you know, we say, well, you should be doing ads and social media. No, I don't have time for that. And it's like, no, you know what? Every business, every successful business mm-hmm. on earth does, they have a website. They have a strong social right. media presence. They monitor reviews and they actively try to get new reviews. They have good word of mouth and referral systems. They have paid advertising. They have organic search. There are 50 right. pieces of that pie and so many people just, and by the way, all of that, what you said earlier, this keeps coming back to a lot of the things you've said on this episode. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's not true when they get there and they, it's not true when they walk in the door. And, and, and I love that you said that because I like, I beat that drum every day at whisker club. We cannot put all over our website, unlimited support, unlimited options. If we really couldn't have unlimited options and people ask us for crazy things and we build it <laughs> custom yeah. and it's like, and, and we do give unlimited support and guess what? We have about 12 customers that email us five times a day, every single day without wow. every day. And, and, and I know, cause I've talked to a lot of practice owners about it. They have pet owners who call them every single mm-hmm. day without yes. fail. And you just have to take good care of those people. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm so appreciative of you coming on today. Can you, you know, let all the listeners know where they can find you on social media and if they want to learn more about you? Yes. Thank you. But you know, it's very weird. I'm kind of weird. In that, uh, when I when I started this business, I already had clients waiting for me. So I never I hit the ground running. I never I never built my own website. I never built my own social presence. I do it all through my clients, and all of my businesses come through word of mouth. I I am the digital marketing person who puts all of my effort into my clients and does it, you know, the shoemaker who has no shoes. So <laughs> you, if you want to reach me, uh, my email is S A N D Y at digital So Sandy at digital I love it. And yeah, that's, it's so funny. You just said that too, because I feel like a lot of people are like that, right? You're it's sort of like the like chiropractor with a bad back and you know, like the, it's just so funny. And I'm, and I'm like that with a lot of things too. Like I put so much effort into whisker cloud that it's just hard to like focus on other things a lot of the time. Cause I'm so mm-hmm. dedicated to this every day. Yep. And so I, I had a big life right as I was just getting ready to finally breathe and build my website I had a big life change and it deferred it and so at this point I'm like well you know my business comes through word of mouth I've gone this far without it you know I probably need to hire you to build a website <laughs> but at this far I've been fine without it so uh, you know I don't think that's true of veterinary hospitals but in my particular <laughs> yeah the website is um it's as I always tell people, it's the cost of doing business. It's like, you know, yes. it's necessary, but it is, it's an undertaking, but once you have it and you have it right, it's uh it's life changing. But I, yes. I'm just so appreciative that you came on today you know, everyone out there listening. We, you know, we're going to have a great, uh, We've got a great lineup coming to you over the next couple months. So be sure to go to Spotify and Apple and Google podcasts, you know, like, share, subscribe, go to whiskercloud.com slash blog. We just put out a crazy amount of content, freebie social media stuff. So Sandy, yes. you rock. Thank I you so much. Too. Yeah. I mean, I know. And, <laughs> and trust me, we see who signs up for it. So I know who, yeah. I know you. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do it. And, and our team puts a crazy amount of effort into those freaking free posts. Yes. I love <laughs> weaving that into everything else I'm doing. So I appreciate that. I love it. Well, thank you again for your time, Sandy. I appreciate it. Thanks to everyone listening. Absolutely. Absolutely.